0: or get your iPad, iPod, iTouch, smartphone, whatever Bible electronic version you have. And we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the exact same passage that we read last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to read again from verse 18 all the way to verse 25. But we're going to stop only at verse 25, and we're going to finish it up this week. Anybody remembers what we talked about last week? Pop quiz. The wisdom of God. Exactly. We talked about the foolishness of God is wiser than man. So let's finish up this verse this week. Uh, 1 Corinthians one eighteen to 25. I'm reading from the New King James. Um, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing Since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And then the conclusion of verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen? Amen. We talked about that last week. We shared about the first part of that verse, that the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Last week we say that the whole point of that passage from verse 18 all the way to verse 25 is the cross of Christ. Okay? And how that cross of Christ to those who are not being saved appear to be foolishness and weakness. But for those who are being saved, so for those who are not being saved, the lost, they look at it and think it's foolishness and weakness. Weakness, But those who are being saved, those who understand what the cross is all about, for them, the cross is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Amen? We're not going to go through the passage again. Uh, Good news. You can always go back online and listen to the last week's sermon one more time if you want to. But today we're going to try to focus on that last part of that verse. The weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen? Amen? Amen, Amen, people. All right, so the weakness of God is stronger than man. We talked about that last week, that when Paul was talking about the weakness of God, he's referring to the cross of Christ. That's, you know, from the text. That's what he's saying from verse 18 all the way to verse 25. But also, not just from the text, we can find other scripture in the Bible that says that the cross of Christ, that Jesus crucified, is the apparent weakness of God. For example, Isaiah 53, the Bible says that Jesus was lit like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shearer. Now, a lamb lit to the slaughter. How many of you guys can look at that scene and say, oh my gosh, this lamb is so full of power? Nobody, right? You look at the lamb being led to the slaughter or like a sheep before its shearer and all what you think about is poor thing, right? Because it is just... The, the manifestation of what weakness is all about. Somebody's being killed and they can do nothing about it. Amen? So that's Jesus. You know, when Jesus was led to the cross, everybody would look at him and say, my gosh, what a weak person that is. And not only that, Paul flat out told us in Second Corinthians 13.4, this is what Paul said, that he, Jesus, was crucified as of weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. So what Paul was saying is this, when you look at the cross, when you look at Jesus crucified, all that you see is somebody who's weak and being nailed and being crucified on that cross. Amen? And that's what Paul was referring to here in, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 25. The weakness of God. The weakest form God could possibly ever be in, and that is Jesus nailed on the cross or Jesus being crucified. Amen? But the good news is this. Paul was saying that God in his weakest form, God in his weakest image, Christ crucified. In that very weakness, God has proven himself to be far much stronger than all man's might and all man's power. Amen? Amen. So the weakness of God Paul said, "Showed itself, God showed himself to be far much stronger than man. How can we prove that? How can we know that this statement is true? Here is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about four masters. Four masters that man in all his might and all his power could not break their yoke, their burden over his shoulder. Amen? And then we'll talk about Christ crucified. The apparent weakness of God. Now, if we can see that God in his very weakness were able to destroy these four masters, that man in his might could not break their yoke, then we can conclude that the weakness of God is stronger than man. Clear like mud? Okay, we'll go over it one more time. And stop me if you have a question so you can follow me, okay? We're going to talk about four masters that man in all his might could not break their bondage and their yoke. Okay? So these four masters are stronger than man. But then we're going to talk about Christ crucified. That's the weakness of God. And if we can see that the weakness of God, Christ crucified, in his weakness, God was able to break these four masters that man could not break in his might, therefore we'll make sure and understand that it is correct that the weakness of God is stronger than man. Good to go? All right. Let's talk about it. Any questions? Or we're good? All right. Let's talk about these four masters. The first one is Satan. The second one is sin. The third one is sickness. And the last one is death. I wanted to come up with a word for death that starts with an S, but I couldn't come up with anything. So... It broke the the rhyme here. But Satan, let's say it all together. Satan. Number two is sin. Number three is sickness. And number four is death. So let's talk about these four masters. The first one is Satan. Is Satan a cruel master or a ruler over the human race? You bet he is. Look at that scripture. Ephesians 2.2. This is what Paul said. He's talking about sin and he's saying in which you once walked or lived, following the age of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So what Paul was saying here is this, when you live in sin, you're actually following what Satan wants you to do. You're following the ruler of the spirit of the earth, the, the spirit that Satan that works now in the children of disobedience. So Paul was saying that when you lived far away from Christ, Satan is your master. And not only that, but Satan is such a cruel master. You don't want him to be your, your master really. You guys remember that story in Mark chapter 5 about the guy who was demon-possessed that has a legion in him, 5,000 spirits or so? How did he look like? Now, think about it. This guy went to Satan and offered himself freely to him and said, hey, Satan, do whatever you want with me. You be my master as much as you want. What does Satan do? Strip him naked, make him live in the tombs among the dead, and get him to get stones and cut himself every day. And nobody can contain him. Even if people try to chain him, he just breaks that chain. He's like a madman living in the tombs that nobody wants, nobody likes. And he's just living, but he's dead as dead can get. Amen? You know why? Because Satan is a cruel and hard master. And the more you give yourself to him, the more he's going to ruin you and the more he's going to destroy you. And good luck trying to get free from that yoke that Satan put in your, on your shoulder. There is no way that you can do it in your own might. I mean, this guy was pretty strong, wasn't he? Nobody can contain him. So he's physically strong. But in all his might, he could not break the power of Satan over him. Amen? Now... Let's look about God. Let's look at God in his weakness. In the cross of Christ. Was Jesus able on the cross to destroy Satan? You bet he did. Look at that verse. In Hebrews 2.14. Look what the Bible say. And as much as then, as the children, that's you and me, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same. Why? Why did Jesus lift his glory to come down to earth to be just like you and me? Look at this. That through death, when he died on the cross, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is that devil. Amen? You guys got to get a little bit more excited than this. Satan destroyed that cruel, hard master that kept us in slavery when he died on that cross. Amen? Amen? He did. He did. And look at that. This word destroy, look at this. This word destroy in the Greek, it's, um, it's let's read it, kata up or something like that. It's actually two words together. The first one, kata, means to put down. And then the word argos means inactive. So what, what, The author of Hebrews was saying here is that Jesus, when he died on the cross, through his death, he put down the one who has the power of death, that is Satan. He put him down to the status of inactive. Amen? He stripped him out of all his authority and power. Let me read to you all the meanings that this Greek word can mean. And here's why I'm doing this. Because I want to rub it in Satan's face today that my Jesus has ruined him once and for all on the cross. Amen? Amen. Look at that Greek word. It means to reduce to inactivity. The word means to render idle, unemployed, inactivate, inoperative. to To cause a person or a thing to have no further efficiency. To deprive of force, influence, and power. To cause to cease. Make him to stop once and for all. To cause him to cease. To put an end to. To do away with. To annul and to abolish. This is what Jesus did to Satan on the cross. He rendered him done. Inactive. He has no authority no more. Amen. It's like this. It's like, have you ever been in a job where... You hated the guts of your boss. He's as mean as they get. And he always threatens you about firing you. Everything you do, even if you don't mean anything, he's like, I'm going to fire you. And you're always tiptoeing about that boss because, you know, he has the power to fire you at any time. And you need the money. You have a family. So you have to put up with him as much as you possibly can. And one day, you go to work and your boss is fired. All right? Now this boss come back to you and say, hey, if you don't act this way, I'm going to fire you. Does Does this threat mean anything to you anymore? Does it mean anything? No. Why? Because he has been stripped out of his power. Amen? And this is what Jesus did on the cross. He stripped Satan out of his power. He has no authority over us anymore. He can bark at us all what he wants. He has no authority over us because the blood of Jesus has ruined him once and for all on the cross. Amen? Look at that verse again. Also in in um, Colossians two fourteen and fifteen, wonderful scripture. Look at this, talking about the cross once again. Paul says that God have wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way. This is kind of like Paul imagining. God's requirement, God's law that is holding us accountable and this is a list of the debt that we owe God. God is, Paul is saying that Jesus has taken that out of the way when he died on the cross, he has wiped it out, he has nailed it to the cross, having nailed it to the cross and then verse 15, look at this, having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross. Jesus have disarmed all the powers and principalities of darkness, and he had made a public spectacle of them. Amen? When Paul wrote that, he was thinking about the Roman Empire. What the Romans would do is this. If they win against an army, then they will take the generals of that army, and then they take all these ranks over their suits and strip them of all their power, So they're just wearing like normal clothes like you and me. All these ranks are being stripped away. And then they make them walk in the streets. And their people, the Romans, will mock them because they have been stripped out of their powers. And it's a public spectacle. Everybody can watch. Everybody can come and see what has become to these great men of might and power. That one at a point they were leading armies. Amen. Amen. And this is what Paul was saying here. When Jesus died on that cross, he stripped Satan. He stripped all the powers and principalities of hell from all the rank, from all the authority, and from all the power, all their powers. And now he's inviting the whole world to come and mock Satan because he has been stripped of his power on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Amen. <sighs> I am excited that this cruel master, the one who has the power of death, is done away with. He has no more authority on any one of us. If you're washed in the blood of Jesus, Satan has no power over you anymore. Amen? Do you now see how the weakness of God is stronger than man? Because man in all his might and all his power, best thing is to be a submissive, obedient slave to Satan. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, God in his very weakness have destroyed Satan and all his kingdom once and for all. Do you guys agree then that the weakness of God is stronger than man? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's move to number two. The second master. Sin. Is sin a master? You bet it is. Jesus said in John chapter 8... Verily, verily, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And sin is not just a master. Sin is a cruel master. Look at the story of Samson in the Bible. Samson was a judge, an honorable man. People would come to him, seek his opinion in matters and whatever he says, gets. He's he's the leader of a nation. But Samson starts. Slipping day after day into sin. And he started going after foreign women that God said don't do. And what? It was the end of his life. What what happened to him at the very end? Because he started accommodating sin. Sin is so wicked and so cruel. It ruined him. He ended up being stripped of his power before God. And his enemies, the Palestinians, they, they captured him. They plugged his eyes out. And we read about that in Judges uh, 16, 21. Read this. Then the Palestinians took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze feathers. And he became a grinder in the prison. That was the end of Samson. Because he started accommodating sin. They took his eyes out. They, they wrapped him up with bronze fetters chains, and then they made him like an animal, just pushing that grinder over and over and over again to grind wheat or seeds or whatever that is. From an honorable judge to less than an animal, at least the animal when they do this, they sometimes have their eyes open, Samson didn't even have the option You know why? Because sin is a cruel master. Ask those who give up to sin. They give up to sin and then sin ruins their lives. Ask a woman who had an abortion 20 years ago. She still tell you that I'm still having the guilt and the shame and the bondage and the fear and the disgust that I have for 20 years because I killed an innocent life. Ask those who give themselves freely to sin and they end up in prison and they end up being lies, lies, their lives being ruined once and for all. Sin is a cruel master. Well, why don't man break out of it? Well, men wish, but man can't because man in all his might cannot break the power of sin. You know, I, uh, I feel like the Lord reminded me of the story of Samson for one reason. Samson was the strongest physical man on earth, wasn't he? Yet that man in all his might could not break the power of sin over his life, right? So man in his might cannot break that power of sin. Can God in his weakness, Christ crucified, can God destroy the power of sin? You bet he can we read that scripture last week in Hebrews nine twenty six. But now, once at the end of the age, at the very end of time, he was Jesus has appeared to put away sin. How? By the sacrifice of himself. When Jesus died on that cross, he put sin out of the way, put sin out of commission once and for all. Amen. Another scripture because I used that one last week. First Peter three eighteen. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ. Died for sins. How many times? Once and for all. The just for the unjust. Well, Jesus, why didn't you have to go back and do something else about sin? Well, Jesus will say, because I don't need to. When I died on that cross one time, once and for all, I solved that problem of sin that people don't have to deal with it anymore. I took it out of the way, I destroyed sin, and it's done once and for all. Amen? Because God in his weakness, the very cross of Jesus, God has proven himself that he is far much stronger than man in all his might and all his power. Amen? The weakness of God is stronger than man. God destroyed Satan and the cross. God destroyed sin on the cross. How about sicknesses and diseases? Is sicknesses and diseases a master? A cruel master? I I don't need to prove that point, do I? Right? Sin sicknesses and diseases is a cruel master. Well, let me show you a scripture, just to prove that it is a master. Uh, Matthew 4:23 to 24. Let's read, I'll read it for you. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. Verse 24. Then his name went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all, listen to this, all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. See how the Bible describes sicknesses and diseases here? It's an affliction and it's a torment. I'm not sure, I don't know of anybody who willingly choose to be sick, do you? Nope. Well, why don't you snap out of it? Why don't you just cure yourself? Well, I can't, I wish I can stop that sickness and disease, but I can't. Because man in all his might and all his power cannot break the bondage of that master. Amen? Now can God, in his weakness, can Jesus on that very cross, when He displayed the weakest form of, of God, can ever possibly be? Can He destroy that cruel master? You bet he does. First Peter 2:24, look at this. He himself bore our sins in His body upon the cross, so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness, for by His wounds we are healed. Amen. When Jesus died on that cross, He didn't just take our sins upon Himself, He took our sicknesses and our diseases, and even our very physical healing, He paid for on the cross of Calvary with His own blood. Amen? And one day, we're going to be with Him in heaven, and we're going to reap the fruit of His redemption, the eternal fruit of His redemption, and there will be sicknesses no more, diseases no more, because of what Jesus has done on that very cross. Amen? The weakness of God is stronger than man. Is the point proven yet? Last master. Death. Is death a master? You bet he is. Where is Alexander the Great, for example? Anybody knows where he's at? He's where? He's dead. Dead. The guy conquered half the world with his power. But at the very end of his life, who defeated who? Did he defeat death or did death defeat him? Death defeated him. How about the rulers, the masters, the kings, the mighty generals, the leaders of the army of all humanity? Where are they right now? Pretty dead. They can be as mighty as they want, but at the end of their lives, death still rules over them. Amen? Nobody can conquer death. Death is a cruel master. Death is not just a master. He's also a cruel master. Look at this. Hebrews 2.15. This is what the author of Hebrews say about you and me. That when Jesus destroyed the one who has the power of death. Hebrews 2.15. He released those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What the author of Hebrews is saying here is this. Because we, were, because we are and we were afraid of death, all our lifetimes we were just living under bondage, trying to figure out a way to avoid the unknown after we die. And we keep pressuring ourselves, keep working hard more and more and more every single day because we don't know what's going to happen after we die. And because of that fear of death and what's going to happen after that, we all lived our lives in bondage, amen? Death is a master and he's a cruel one. Did Jesus conquer death on the cross? Anybody can take a wild guess. Nobody can guess. He did Look at this, 2 Timothy 1, 9 to 10. Look at this scripture. Our Savior Jesus Christ, look at what Paul said, 2 Timothy 1, 9 to 10. Our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, through the good news that there is salvation through the blood of Jesus, God, Jesus on the cross has abolished death and brought life and immortality into light. This Greek word, apolish, is the exact same Greek word that Paul said, talking about the devil. Well, the author of Hebrews said, talking about the devil in Hebrews 2.14. When he says that he destroyed through death the one who has the power of death. The exact same word was used about death here in 2 Timothy. Death is done away with. It's done. We don't have to deal with it anymore. Amen? Because Jesus, the Son of God, when He died on the cross, He took care of that problem. And only three days later, the Son of God rose again from the dead. You know why? Because death could not overcome Him. He is the Prince of life. And the grave could not contain Him. Amen? And on the third day, he rose up from the grave victorious. The Bible said that he have loosened the pains of death. That's what Peter said in the book of Acts. And he says, for it was impossible, it was impossible that he can be healed by it, by the grave and by death. Amen. And friends, one day, one soon coming day. The king of kings and the Lord of lords will come down from heaven. Will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of a trumpet of God, with a voice of an archangel. And those who are dead in Christ will be risen first, And then we who are alive will all meet the Lord on the clouds. And when our eyes behold the one who redeemed us, then at that moment, death will lose its grip over us once and for all. And there will be no more death, no more. Amen. And when we see him, we're going to shout the shout of victory, the shout of those who are more than conquerors. And we're going to cry out and say, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Death has been swallowed up into victory forever. Amen. The weakness of God is stronger than man. Amen. Jesus died on that cross. And in his very weakness, he have destroyed sin, Satan, sickness, and death. And he is the Lord of all. Amen. The weakness of God is stronger than man. Is the point proven? Not yet. You need more convincing? The weakness of God is stronger than man. Let's all close our eyes and pray.